This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast, and today I am so excited to welcome Susie Allison to the show. Now, if you are a mom of a child five years old or under, you likely know Susie as Busy Toddler on Instagram or TikTok. With a collective social media audience of over 2 million followers, Susie has really become known for her easy and quick kids' activities, parenting support, and education tips. Susie is a parent of three, former kindergarten teacher, and has a master's in early childhood education. And today she is joining us on the podcast to discuss the topic of kindergarten readiness. In this show, we dive into what kindergarten readiness even is, what you need to know as a parent before your child enters school, what things to consider when weighing a decision to hold your child back a grade or not, and how you can practically prepare your child for kindergarten. And these skills are often not the academic skills and flashcards and worksheets that come to mind. Susie is a wealth of knowledge in this area, and I can't wait for you to hear all the practical, tangible tips and tools she's got. This is the first part of a three-part back-to-school series. Upcoming next week, we've got Dr. Becky Kennedy joining us to talk about anxiety going through this back-to-school transition. And then Dr. Becky is followed by Jess of Our Mama Village that's going to share some practical, tangible tools to help support our child through this transition. We are not going to leave you hanging going into the school year. We've got a stacked lineup to support you through this challenging transition. Now let's hear my conversation with Susie of Busy Toddler. Many of us didn't grow up with parents who apologized. Our parents' tough love generation often didn't feel the need to explain themselves to children. But now we know better. We understand that our relationships with children matter and that mutual respect, love, and care can help us build those relationships. One of the best ways to foster that respect is through repair. When you apologize to your child for losing your cool and commit to doing things differently, you're not showing weakness, you're showing strength. You can break the generational cycles of parenting and model for your children how to do better, even after the moments you aren't proud of. Dr. Ashari Nareem, Psyched Mummy, and I offer a free masterclass to teach you our three-step method for repairing with your child after you lose your cool. We cover how to measure a secure bond with your child, understanding the power of repair, practical ways to repair with your child, and more. I know you're here because you want change. You want to end that generational cycle. Give yourself the tools you need to parent more freely. Register for our free masterclass at happyasamother.co slash masterclass. That's happyasamother.co slash masterclass. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we're dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. We all had expectations going into motherhood, but reality often has a different plan. Let's work together in shattering unrealistic expectations, letting go of shame and guilt, and accepting where we are on our motherhood journey. We'll pack a toolbox for motherhood with expert advice, practical tips, relatable stories, real moments, and honest conversations. 
My goal is to give you the knowledge, tools, and resources you need to parent more freely. However, this podcast should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. It's time to do motherhood differently, toss out the idea of perfect, and enjoy the journey. Let's dive in. Susie, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today between juggling children and summer plans and running a business, all the things. I really appreciate you being here and taking the time. My gosh, it's all my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. I know that when I had originally reached out to you, I was like, you know, you got me through three consecutive <laughs> mat leaves. You may or may not know this, but like I'm Toronto based and I had three kids in the span of three and a half years. I had three three and a half and under, like three and under. Yeah. And I cycled through maternity leaves and had three of them home at times. My husband would work downtown 12, 14 hour days. Here I am like, what am I going to do with all these children? And sure enough, somebody recommended your page at the time. It was like, I think a fraction of what it is now, maybe 200,000 followers or something. And oh my gosh, and your success, you've just blown right up. So amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. You're like a, a like an original follower, <laughs> like an OG, right? Like that's what I hear. Like. It's so funny because I didn't have a creative platform at the time. I wasn't in this space. And I actually messaged like a stroller fit friend of mine. I was like, you might flip out. Cause like, oh do you remember gosh. busy toddler? Cause we used to do this with the kids all the time. <sighs> it was a little nostalgic moment, but very, very fun. Oh my gosh. This is like your full circle. This is it. We did it. It is. We came full circle. And it's here we are. And I am in this creative world too. And here we are. And how I'm so honored to be on your platform. Look at that. I'm so excited. Yeah, I really appreciate being here. So I know that you are a former kindergarten teacher. How does one go from teaching to being busy toddler? Like how in the world did that come about? I don't think I'm really sure how that came about. I loved being a teacher and I knew from pretty much birth that this was the path that I was on, that teaching and being with little kids. And that was just absolutely the trajectory of my life. And my mom was a kindergarten teacher also. So I also joke that I've been student teaching in a classroom since I was like nine years old. This is what I've always, literally (laughs) always done Mm. is educate children. And so after I had my firstborn, I left the classroom. I was ready to be home and to be with him. And then I ended up with two under two, which was not something that was in our plan. But yeah, you know, this is how things work. <laughs> yeah, that's how we ended up with three, three and under. Yeah. Life just, you know, happens sometimes. Life just happens. And yeah. you know, and good, good that it did. We we're very happy that we have <laughs> that our two under two. But I felt like I was drowning and I Felt like I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do each day with my two-year-old now that I had a newborn and kind of this shift had happened where things had gone pretty well up until the point that then we added a second child. And I just was so overwhelmed. And I started looking for what could I do to help myself each day and to help my son and to help things kind of keep running smoothly because it felt like whenever we got into like a deep lull or I really didn't have a plan that's when, you know, I reached for Daniel Tiger and his mom to take over. And, you know, and she's a wonderful mother. I mean, she's far better than me, but I wanted a little (laughs) more than that for us every day, especially with how things were going. So I started digging back into my teacher brain and into my brain that had worked with kids my entire life. And I said, you know what, I can do this and I can help him be entertained and help myself be entertained. And I can do that using the things I have around the house no different than I would if I was in a classroom. You know, in a classroom, we don't have ample resources to go find things. We have to just make it work with whatever we can find in the supply closet. And so I took that challenge for myself that I'm going to use whatever we have around our house and figure out little activities and things for the two of us to do so that we're not just staring at the wall all day. 
And I opened up Instagram one day and I thought, I wonder if other people could use this too. And I started the account and it turns out a few other people could. So just a few, a few moms need like a little independent moment where their kids are kind of doing their own thing and they can just sit and have their coffee, you know? And I know that like in the throes of all those like little children and the constant like dependence and all of the just time and attention and energy that it takes, being able to teach them or provide them with some of these activities that just give you a little bit of a break or a pause yeah. is so, so helpful. Yeah. It definitely became more of a tool for me than it was like, oh, I just, I have to keep him entertained all day. It was more like, you know what, this is this lull time before he goes to play and, or before we go off on our adventure and I just want to sit and drink my coffee in peace. Yeah. So I'm going to set this up and this will help, you know, kind of be the catalyst to either reset our day or to get it started really strong. Yeah, I love that. And all the dot stickers and all the tips and tricks I've learned, which I know that we're going to get into some of these in our creativity and play in part two. But for today and for right now, what I really wanted to unpack with you is kindergarten readiness, because I know you speak a lot about this. I know this is a really hot topic this time of year. And it's interesting because I've been having a lot of conversations with different creators and moms, and I'm in the Canadian school system. It's a very different thing here. So maybe we can bring that into the mix a little bit as well. But when we're talking kindergarten readiness, what does that even mean for people who are unfamiliar? Yeah, kindergarten readiness became this major buzzword in early childhood. And it kind of turned into this idea that we're working throughout all of early childhood to get kids ready for kindergarten. And that's kind of the first step in this flawed logic, which which I know we'll get into. But basically, kindergarten readiness became this idea that we must have kids ready for kindergarten. And if we don't have them perfectly ready for kindergarten, then they'll fail. Hmm. And again, flawed logic. And so what happened was is parents and marketers and toy companies and all these other things kind of wrapped up in this idea that we have to be getting our kids ready for kindergarten. And if we're not doing that, then we're not doing enough. And it, it all ties around parental guilt and it all ties around, you know, the expectations of childhood and the way that early childhood looks. And where I come at it from, having been in the classroom and having raised my children, that's so far from what kindergarten readiness is. Kindergarten readiness should be what it was when we were children, which was just a child being ready to enter an independent life a little bit outside their parent or parents. And that really is all kindergarten is. is It's all it is. It's this major moment of independence for this child. And so When we talk about kindergarten readiness, where I want to reframe it is let's help children to be life ready. And this is this first big moment of being life ready where they're going to have to stand on their own two feet without us. And unfortunately, the skills that we often see when we talk about kindergarten readiness, the ABCs, the one, two, threes, shapes, coloring, those aren't going to help our kids stand independently. They're nice skills to have, but they're not going to help our kids stand independently. And so what I want to talk about today with you is how do we get kids to kind of this independent place and this place where they're ready to head off into the world, not just into kindergarten? Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm realizing a distinction as I'm having these conversations with various people is that the kindergarten that people enter into in the U.S. and I think the kindergarten mm-hmm. that my children enter into in the Canadian system are two very different things from what I understand. So we've got junior kindergarten and senior kindergarten, and they are play-based learning curriculum. So academic takes a very backseat to like the play oriented part of the curriculum versus kindergarten in the States, from what I understand, is like a grade one. It's like a very academic 
intro to school. Is that right? Yeah, it's a really academic setting where children are asked to sit for long periods of time and to learn really high level skills that take you know, years of brain development to be ready for, but they're asked to kind of hurry up and get those going right away, as opposed to more of a social, emotional, play-based learning model that was so prevalent in America, you know, 30 years ago and is still up in Canada. But there's been this major shift. And I think one of the big things that we often hear in the States is that kindergarten is the new first grade. And it's kind of tossed around as a bit of a joke, but it's really serious and and it's not a joke. And it's basically like saying, we're going to put these set of skills for babies and we're going to shift them down. You know, I always say like, we look at babies and we say, okay, we expect babies to walk sometime between like nine and, you know, 15 to 18 months. And this is kind of this big, broad range. Well, what if we shifted that and suddenly said, well, no, we expect them to walk between six and nine months. And if they don't, then we're going to really judge them critically. And we would never Mm. do that because we know that babies aren't ready to walk. We know their bones. We know their bodies. All these things mean that we're never going to expect more of that. (laughs) We're never going to shift that milestone. And yet we do that in kindergarten. We do that in grade school. We shift their academic, their cognitive skills, and we shift them down into an area where they may not be ready for it yet, but it's full steam ahead. And regardless Mm. of what we know is right And what research has said is right for the development of these children and the path that children are on cognitively, the standards have been shifted way down and moved from second grade, first grade down into kindergarten and even into preschool where we're trying to get kids to do things before their bodies really are ready to do them. And that puts teachers in a hard spot because they're being handed these skills that they have to teach, which wasn't their choosing. And it puts parents in a really hard spot because now their children are being asked and judged upon a set of skills that may or may not be right for them. And they may or may not be able to achieve. And that's a really hard place for parents to be put in. And because of all of that, because of this shift in skills and because of where we expect children to be now in kindergarten, it's created this ripple effect down into early childhood where we're seeing people then working to get their kids ready for kindergarten because essentially they're trying to work to get their kids ready for a set of skills that they're not ready for, but mm-hmm. they have to be or or in some way need to achieve, which is, again, just this really hard spot for parents to be in down in the States. Mm-hmm. A lot of my team is in the States and most of them are moms. And we have these conversations of like whether to put them into kindergarten at you know, four or five. I don't know what the ages are there. Sorry, I'm in the Canadian system. So we start JK here at four and then we start SK at five. And so the conversation amongst my team lately has been like, do I hold them back? Are they ready? Are they not ready? And it's like, what are these skills that we're trying to understand in terms of whether we hold them back or not? Are they purely academic skills? Are they life skills? Are they emotional skills? I think the conversation about holding a child back from kindergarten, this is a hard one to have in the United States because, you know, our childcare system is so expensive. So you're looking at a a huge cost analysis for the family because they have to pick up an extra year perhaps of childcare. And that becomes really weighty. And then the other thing is, is that our individual states have different guidelines on when compulsory education begins. So some states, they're going to allow you to hold a child back if they have, you know, a birthday that maybe they're going to be on the younger side of kindergarten and others do not. And you are absolutely required to send your child to school at age five, regardless of your opinions on that as a parent. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that becomes really challenging because especially in the past, you know, holding a child back was just this thing that people did and it was no big deal. But now it's a very big deal because if you haven't checked out the laws in your state, people get into a situation where they've delayed a child from kindergarten expecting that they can put them into kindergarten the following year only to go and register them and find out that they're going to be put into first grade. Oh, wow. Okay. And that is so scary and so heartbreaking for those families. So If you're a family that's considering in the United States holding a child back, you know, first you have to obviously look at those financial costs and whether or not you can afford this. I would always talk to your pediatrician. Pediatricians are really actually a great resource for something like holding a child back because they see a lot of other kids in your area and they know what kind of the norms are and what's very typical of the area you've been in. And they have a personal enough relationship with your child. I always say more personal than say the lady on the internet where they'll be able to really look at your child and help you to make that decision. And then the other thing is to go to the school district and you need to find out if you're even allowed to do this because more and more we're seeing laws change to where we're not being able to do this in various states. And it's becoming more prevalent to not being allowed to. So I would always, always check before making that decision. And we can check as early as, you know, when you have the child and you look at that birthday and go, oh, this is going to be cuspy for whether or not I want them to start, find out right then so that you make sure that you're prepared for what's coming in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We do have some parents here that are concerned like, oh, they have a December birth date and our cutoffs, at least in our province, run from like January to December. I know that they can vary different places. So it's like, oh, they have a really late birthday in the year. Like, are they going to be ready? But very rarely, I don't know that I have met anybody personally who has held their child back because it is a play-based system. Yeah. And it's kind of like childcare is so expensive here and it's not subsidized in any way that then when they enter the school system, junior and senior kindergarten, and it's play-based, it's like, well, it's also covered childcare yeah, essentially is. now, right? And if children are already in daycare and now they're in school, and it's play-based and they're getting some academics woven into it, then it doesn't seem like the same conversation or the same worries yeah. here in that way. But I can see how if it's academic or if it feels like the expectations are beyond what you feel like your child may be prepared for, then it is a more anxiety-provoking decision, it sounds like. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think when we talk about, and I want to kind of, you know, quantify these standards, when we talk about the standards that have shifted in America, like here's a great example. So one of the Common Core State Standards, which is adopted by 90% of the states in America, One of those standards says that by the end of kindergarten, children will be reading at grade level text with fluency. So that means that by the end of kindergarten, all children need to be reading. And that's not developmentally appropriate. Mm. That isn't. And countless education experts have weighed in on this, countless researchers. There's a reason that, you know, other countries and other school systems don't start reading until, you know, six, seven, eight years old. But in America, we're basically saying by the end of kindergarten, they have to be reading. And if they're not, then what you end up telling the parents is, well, your child is below grade level. And that is such a scary phrase for parents because then they're like, you know, my child didn't meet these expectations when really the expectations are what were flawed. Mm -hmm. That's what Mm -hmm. was flawed. It wasn't your child was flawed. It was the expectations were flawed. When I taught kindergarten, you know, 15 years ago, It was the expectation by the end of the school year that my kids could count to 31. We used a calendar system. And so as long as they could count the number of days in a calendar, then they were considered at kindergarten grade level. Now it's to count to 100. And most curricula have that placed around November. So you're talking about two months into the school year, these children are expected to count three times higher than they were in June 15 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Children didn't change. There wasn't a shift in their cognitive development. We haven't changed the trajectory of childhood development. What we've done is changed the expectations and said, here's the bar. We're going to raise it. They need to jump to meet that. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't work in early childhood because we're talking about brain development. We're talking about body development. We're talking about things that can't be rushed. You cannot rush a child to learn faster. Mm-hmm. And in fact, oftentimes learning something earlier is not better. It creates workarounds where the child is having to kind of like rewire their brain to be able to be ready for something that they shouldn't have been put in front of them in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so we end up with the system that's looking and saying, well, earlier is better. So the faster we get kids to learn these skills, the better they'll be forever at those skills. And research tells us and shows us countless times again that that's not right. That's not how kids learn. Kids learn at a very specific, a very time-honored, traditional pace. And these things kind of fall in a domino set. And when you try to rush them, you aren't actually setting the child up to then be better forever at it. All you're doing is creating workarounds and having the child do something that that they weren't ready for. And maybe they don't end up doing it as well as they could have if they'd been given the proper time to just do it as their body was designed to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helpful to know that as parents who maybe do have children in kindergarten or are getting feedback that they're not at this level to be able to reframe it in a way that It's not that your child is lagging behind, you know, it is just maybe the expectations are too high or there's lots of room for them to catch up as well. Like this doesn't set the tone for the rest of their like academic career, you know? (laughs) No, it definitely doesn't have to set the tone for the rest of their academic career. And it definitely doesn't. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, it's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com momwell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash momwell. ZocDoc.com slash momwell. Mealtime with kids can be stressful, but with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. 
Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code momwell50 to get 50% off your first box. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So... I had somebody on last year around this time talking about kindergarten readiness, and it was interesting to me, and I've heard this also from you, that it's actually not so much, as you said, the ABCs and the one, two, threes. It's a lot more about some of these independent life skills, would you say? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely more about, like I said in the beginning, life skills. We need to set kids up with life skills so they're ready to navigate this educational world without us. I think what we want to look at kindergarten readiness as instead of being, well, are they academically ready for kindergarten? It's, are they ready to go into kindergarten and to start learning on their own two feet without us standing next to them? And what are barriers that can accidentally be put in place? How can we make a foundation for them to be ready for this learning and more look at it as being ready to learn, not having learned everything, Mm -hmm. but more just to have this foundation And a lot of that foundation comes with various amounts of independence, life skills, social, emotional learning, different things like that. And I have a list. I can give you a few if you'd like some examples. Yes, I was going to say, what are some of these practical examples? So some of the ones that I really harp in on is that kids need to follow a two-step direction. So in kindergarten, we see a lot of times that they're going to be given two-step directions. If we can practice at home, go to the door and get your coat instead of just telling them to go to the door And then coming and telling them, now go get your coat. If we can give them multi-step directions, that's something that's going to happen a lot in kindergarten. And that seems so simple. But when a child doesn't have that ability to follow a two-step direction, then now they're having to, you know, wait and ask more. And maybe they're, uh, you know, behind on starting their assignment because they're not exactly sure what they're supposed to be doing because they were having, you know, a harder time following those directions. So that's an easy one. Mm -hmm. Asking for help from an adult that is not a parent And this is a little bit of a harder one as kids have been more locked down the last couple of years, but you can look at this as in a restaurant, at the grocery store, anytime that you can give your child a chance to ask another adult for help that isn't you, that's huge for them navigating the school system because they're going to come encounter with people that they don't maybe have a personal relationship with, but they need to ask help from. They might not know the recess aide very well. They might not know the lunchroom teacher very well. They need to be comfortable going up to an adult and talking to them and saying, hey, I need help and this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And that is hard for a lot of kids. And so that becomes kind of this fun one to help your kids with. You know, I was at a store the other day with my child and they said, well, 
I'm not sure if I can, you know, get this or this. And I said, well, you're going to need to ask. And they just stared at me like, I'm going to have to ask. And, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll stand behind you. And those are those little moments where we can just let our kids have a little bit of independence and a little bit of a chance to try standing on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. one that's great is teaching your children how to ask questions, just teaching them to be good question askers. I always tell my children that, you know, smart people ask questions. They don't just sit there in silence, not knowing what to do. They ask questions. And so in my house, we really celebrate anytime somebody asks a question to get more information because that's such a key to learning is being able to ask for more information. And then, you know, obviously to use that information, but really to be able to speak up and say, Hey, I I didn't understand that. Can you explain that more? And that's going to happen in school. And so we want to start modeling that at home, how to ask for more information. And we can do that as parents. We can talk to our friends. We can show that we're asking for more information. We can really model this. We can talk about times that we asked for help and we asked for clarity. It really helps kids because sometimes they think, well, if I'm asking for help or asking a question, then that means I don't know. And that means I'm a failure. And that means that I'm not doing as well as I am. And it's like, no, just means that you're smart enough to say, I'm not sure right now. And I I need a little bit of help on this. I need Mm -hmm. a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. Another really great one that we can teach at home. And I think is so perfect for like this time of year is how to win and lose graciously. (laughs) That is so (laughs) hard Mm. in childhood. Oh my gosh. And all that we can do for that is to help them by playing board games. So, you know, a lot of times at night we sit and we read with our kids before bed If you can also add a board game into that before you read to them, that's huge. And also, if you can make sure you're not letting them win, (laughs) that's double huge. Mm -hmm. Winning and losing graciously becomes, you know, a really important catalyst in early childhood because it also dovetails into understanding that if you fail at something, it isn't part of your self-worth, that it's okay to lose. And that doesn't mean that you're a loser. It just means you lost at this. You failed at this and failure isn't the end of something. There are so many more readiness Mm -hmm. skills. I could literally go on for an hour on readiness skills, but really it comes back to helping your child learn to stand on their own two feet Mm -hmm. and learning to help them have some independence. It isn't so much that they need to go into kindergarten you know, already reading or knowing every letter of the alphabet. But if they can know how to self-regulate, if they can know how to make decisions, if they can know how to listen to the end of a story instead of getting up and wandering around a classroom, those are really big, but also very little skills that will help set them up to be ready for all the big learning that they're going to do throughout their school career. This is just step one, and they're going to learn so much as they go on. Mm-hmm. It makes me think about, I have one neurodivergent son of the three that I have. And so you're talking about a two-step task. I'm like, Lord, help me getting this kid out the freaking door in the morning. Like, you know, it's it's like I give one task and then there's like a million squirrels on the way to that one task. So that in itself is a big thing for him. He like would leg and transitions would be the last one to get his snow pants on to get out of to recess or whatever. So some of those life skills I find are him even just like, being responsible for his own belongings because he's a little chaotic and things are kind of scattered, right? And it's not what comes to mind when you think about school and what is important for him, but that's some of the feedback that we've been getting. He's eager to learn. He wants to learn and he can count and do his, you know, whatever that they're asking of him. 
it's just some of these other little pieces where we're having to work to get some of that follow through or take some responsibility for our belongings and things. And those are kind of the, I call them the unsung readiness skills. You know, we do, we, we forget how important it is that they learn to take care of their belongings, that they learn how to open and close a backpack, that they learn how to hang a coat up, that they know how to successfully open their lunch and, you know, feed themselves. These are just these very unsung skills that I think as adults, we take so for granted. We're like, of course you hang your backpack up and of course you like open it this way and you put your belongings here. But unless they're explicitly taught, you know, whether the child's neurodivergent or not, it's, you know, all kids need support in those areas. I think oftentimes as adults, we think, well, that'll just come naturally or Mm. they'll just figure that out or, you know, oh, my child knows how to do that. Do they? Have you checked? Have you put down the lunchbox in front of them and seen if they can open it? You know, do they know how to put everything back together and close it up at the end? Do they know how to use scissors? Do they know how to use glue? It's all these little things that we think are so small and tiny, but when you add them all up together, like you were saying, it becomes this big part of independence. And and I wish independence was more what we talked about with school readiness. Mm-hmm. It's really about the child being able to navigate without us standing next to them. And so if we can start to take some steps backwards from that as we approach kindergarten especially – that's going to help that child stand so much taller when they get into school. It really will. Mm-hmm. I can see how knowing some of these things and having these skills under your belt would help you to feel some confidence and sort of familiarity going into an environment where you're going to experience a lot of change or a lot of yeah. growth and new information, right? Like having some of these basic skills down gives a little bit of pep in your step or some confidence that you know how to navigate your way there at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about having a foundation. It, it's all about having as many barriers removed as we can so that they're open and they're ready to learn that they're not stressing about how to walk in line, that they're not, you know, thinking about how do I sit during this story if they're, you know, trying to do different things, if they're, you know, we want their brains ready and focused on the learning that's coming in front of them rather than having to think, well, how do I ask this person for help? I want to know how to do this. And, you know, there's these barriers that end up creeping up that we want to be able to take as many of those away since we won't be there to look at them. We would know looking at them like, oh, they have a question. Oh, I I know that you can see it on your child's face. I know they have a question. Ask the question, ask the question, but we're not going to be there to tell them to ask the question. We have to make sure that they're confident to be able to ask that for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think another piece of this too, and like I can't go throughout the interview without kind of weaving it back to mom and our own anxiety is that I think sometimes a lot of this preparedness is to ease our own worry Mm -hmm. and fear and anxiety sometimes. A couple of my kids have been quite confident and willing and eager to take on school, you know, and I'm like, but is it all situated? Like, do we know the things and more for us to ease this transition? We're used to them being home or maybe it's your first kid starting school And I'm actually going to be having Dr. Becky Kennedy on to help us navigate our own anxiety and our children's anxieties, because I think that sometimes with at least certain ones of my children, less can be more in a way too, Mm -hmm, if they mm -hmm. already have the skills down, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, And like you said, it becomes so much more about us being able to let go and not have our hands in all these pots. And, mm. and that's really where that parent guilt and that and anxiety comes from. We hear marketers telling us like, well, this is how your child has to be school ready and you need this so that they're ready to learn. And what we equate that to is this is what they have to have. And if they haven't, then I failed to set them up for success. Mm. That's so far from the truth. 
everything you're doing with your child every day is setting them up for success. Every decision that you're making and, and helping them to curate their own little life, that's helping walk them forward into school so much more than sitting behind a computer screen or you know at an educational TV show or anything like that, that marketers are pushing at us to make our children kindergarten ready. We're the ones who are doing that. We're the ones who are making them school ready and life ready. And we have all those tools within us. What becomes the barrier for us is being willing to say, I'm not going to be able to control this. I have to trust my own parenting skills that I set this child up to be ready to navigate this. And if we see something and we need to work on it, then we'll work on it. And it's not a condemnation on who I was as a parent or how I set them up. It just means it's something we need to work on and they thrive in other areas, but we need to work in this one. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's just so much guilt wrapped around when we we send them in. And then if we find out that maybe they're not doing as well as we expected them to do, take a deep breath. It wasn't your parenting that did that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it maybe was the school system or maybe just was the way the child learns or maybe it's the way their development is. There's all sorts of things going on here, but we end up bringing it all back to, I did something or I, you know, I messed up and really the more that you can just be with your kids and love on them and make memories, that's the best foundation that you can give them going into kindergarten far better than any sort of product you can buy or, you know, flashcards or workbooks or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You are the kindergarten readiness that they need. Mm -hmm. That is such a amazing message for any mom who's listening, who's feeling anxious and fearful going into this year and wondering what can I do? And we kind of go into scramble mode when we feel like we need to like prepare, but to sometimes like stay the course and do what you're doing and just like reinforcing some of those, as you said, relational things and boundary things at home can go such, such a long way. I know you've got some resources around this area. So where can people, if they want to learn more and dig in more, where can they learn from you? Yeah. So my Instagram, I've been releasing about once a week school readiness skills for kids just to help them out. Things like opening lunchboxes and (laughs) using scissors and glue. And that's on my Instagram, which is at busy toddler. And then at my website, which is busytoddler.com, I have all sorts of fun activities and games that support kindergarten readiness and my massive blog post, which is all full of my favorite kindergarten readiness skills that I think are the absolute bee's knees for getting kids ready and out the door. Mm-hmm. I think it was even formed in a download. I'm pretty sure I, I downloaded it in preparation yes, for this yes. interview. So yeah, yes. if they want to go through more of those skills and some of what you've taught on and, and spoken about today, they can get that in a download format as well. We'll link all of that in the show notes for everybody to be able to navigate and easily find you. And thank you so much for taking the time to discuss You're this so welcome. with us today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Wasn't that such an awesome conversation with Susie? She is so knowledgeable on this topic and the free download that she has that lists out all the skills is such a lifesaver if you are unsure about whether your child is ready for kindergarten or not. You may have heard us mention that Susie is coming back for a part two and that will air a little bit later this fall where we are going to talk all things creativity, imagination, and independent play. If you are feeling anxious about the transition to daycare or school, and are having a hard time thinking about separating from your child, you are not alone in this, especially coming out of COVID. Trusting our child in the care of somebody else is a really big deal, and it is hard on the best of days. This is something that our mom therapists are skilled and trained in helping manage, and also something as moms themselves, they can completely understand. 
To learn more about booking in with one of our therapists, head to happyasamother.co slash wellness. That's happyasamother.co slash wellness. I'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week, where we are continuing on with our back to school series. We're being joined by Dr. Becky Kennedy to discuss anxiety and worries about sending our child to school. You do not want to miss this conversation with Dr. Becky. I'll see you next week. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for the resources or links from today's show, or you need a refresh on anything we've talked about, visit our show notes. You can find the link in the episode description, or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast. To join the Happy as a Mother VIP list and be the first one to know about new episode drops, insider info, or freebies, head to happyasamother.co slash newsletter. Until next episode, mama, I want you to know, Keep showing up. You're doing an amazing job. Settling is not an option for Everything me. I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome to For the Girls podcast, hosted by Victoria Alario, For the Girls Who Want More. Listening to For the Girls will have you ready to raise the bar, stop settling for the bare minimum, and start believing you can have it all, and step into the 2.0 version of you. You can catch a new episode of For the Girls every Monday across all podcast platforms. Until next time, girls.